It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, Kevin Durant is staying in the Eastern Conference for now. And what does that mean for the East? It seemed for a while there like the Raptors were a shoe-in to be at least the fifth seed, but the Nets complicate matters certainly. We'll dig into that. And also, we'll talk about some roster churn that's been going on for the Raptors over the last couple weeks as well. Bye-bye, Sfima. Hi, Luke. Welcome in Jarrett Culver, Jalen Harris, whoever the hell's going to fill that 20th spot. We'll get into all of that on today's episode as well with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1236 of Locked on Raptors for Tuesday, August the 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps. It's very much appreciated when you support the show there. You can also go to YouTube and support the podcast each and every day in video form. It's free. There's a big red subscribe button. You can't miss it. Just click it and you will have done a wonderful job supporting the show, which is free every day. I don't think it's all we ask of you is just to click a couple of buttons. So thank you in advance for doing that. You're the best. Uh, All right. On today's show, which is, of course, your first listen of the day, we are digging into what the hell to make of the Eastern Conference now that it seems the Nets are all happy and hunky-dory and Kevin Durant's coming back and there are no massive trades. Kevin Durant is not, in fact, on the Toronto Raptors or the Boston Celtics. So we're going to try to figure out the mess that will be the Eastern Conference this year now with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. We'll also dig into the back-end roster churn and some other stuff related to the whole KD pursuit. But Big V, first off, how's it going, pal? Welcome in. It's good, man. One of my favorite times of the year. We got basketball on its way back and we got the u.s Mm -hmm. open on and it's a good time it is a good time it's not so bad uh i am honestly kind of enjoying i know some people like get real itchy for basketball in the off season like oh need to have it need to have uh all the basketball i'm gonna watch every international tournament and i'm like hey i'm cool to take a little break it's fine i'm cool to just think about the weirdo raptors team and not watch a ton of hoop in the off season but yeah I, i'm feeling the, the itch a little bit once september kind of hits usually it's uh it can't come soon enough, and uh, yeah, we're like a month away from media day or less than that, so that's pretty exciting times. Uh, all right, Eastern Conference, Vivek, the, 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 it's weird now because the Nets are apparently together. Maybe Ben Simmons is real and exists and is going to play basketball for this team. Kyrie Irving uh, won't be able to play in Toronto still, but he'll be able to play most everywhere else, so that's good for him. Uh, I, what do we make of the Eastern Conference 
now that we know Kevin Durant is staying. I think the sort of consensus wisdom before the KD decision last week was that the Celtics and Bucks are kind of your number one and two favorites, with the Celtics probably having a slight edge. Uh, then you've got your Sixers and Heat kind of as that 3-4. The Raptors comfortably sliding in there as the number five team. And then after that, you know, anyone's guess. Is the Hawks, are they going to pop with, you know, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young? Are the Bulls going to find the magic again? Do the Cavs jump back up? And of course, the Nets were sitting there looking as though they were on the brink of being completely torn apart. And now that's not the case. And they go and they, you know, have Royce O'Neal now. For, forgot about that. That was a good trade, apparently. Uh, they've got uh, Yuta Watanabe, actually, that is brought in. They bring back Nick Claxton. They've got Patty Mills. Joe Harris, hopefully coming back from injury uh, for Joe Harris's sake. And then, of course, the big three of KD, Ben Simmons, Kyrie. Like, are the Nets now at no worse like no, no worse than fifth in your sort of east hierarchy like are the raptors going to get bumped down here because the nets are bringing back this team or you know they weren't very good last year obviously lots of guys in and out of the lineup and it was a very incomplete and stop and start year for them but you know do you see any sort of potential flaws that could undo this nets team in their quest to be a top four or five team in the east do I see potential flaws that should bring down a <laughs> team that has Kyrie Irving and Ben Look, Simmons? Look, man, <laughs> the thing about being a podcast host is you got to serve up meatballs. It's like we're playing three-pitch softball. Just hit this one out of the park, please. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, I see plenty of flaws with a team that has Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Um, that being said, at full strength, they could be extremely dangerous i think if yeah. you look at kevin durant's teams over the years when they are healthy generally they win over 50 games um and so you look at the way this roster is constructed right now the key losses are bruce brown and andre drummond right mm. and they got as you mentioned before tj warren uh royce o'neill and so i think that fits them a bit better uh yeah. ideally they would have got like some type of serviceable modern big to fit in and just yeah. give them that option but if clax could if claxton could shoot better than like 31 percent from the line or whatever he shot last year yeah he might be that but he needs right. to hit a free throw yeah so claxton how much he's improved over the offseason is going to be interesting to see um but that being said again with the way things fit now uh, at their best, I would probably say they could be third behind. Mm -hmm. I, I, I see Milwaukee and Boston as the top two. Mm -hmm. um, maybe Boston finishes one. We'll have to see how things shake out over the regular season. But I, those are my top two. Uh, and so after that, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, as I was looking at the teams in the East, Miami is interesting. Yep. Because, you know, obviously they finished first in the East last season, and then th they're linked in all these potential trades over the course of the offseason. And then now you sit back and look, and it's like, well, they really did nothing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, they re signed <laughs> Dwayne Dedman and Udonis Haslam and 
uh, <laughs> Neil Martin and Victor. Oladipo. Well, it's a good thing there. Uh, all the resources spent going to a Wu Udonis Haslam at uh, six o'clock on the day free agency opened. That, it's good that that pay, pay off because otherwise they'd be sitting here dead in the water. Yeah, <laughs> and then I, I guess you have to look at how much you know the the bear was poked when Pat Riley made those comments about Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he comes back. <laughs> Uh, playing incredible basketball for uh, the entire season. Obviously, he dealt with some serious personal stuff last season mm-hmm. um, and some injury stuff. So if he's there all season, then you would put them right back in that top four mix. But if not, I think with the lack of moves, they could be the ones moving down a notch. And so that's where I have it. Yeah, I think for me, the Nets kind of being intact, you know, to whatever degree we can say they're intact, it, it the way it affects the Raptors is that I think it just kind of lessens the chances of a surprise home court advantage in the first round. I don't think it makes it an impossibility necessarily, but it's just, you know, the Raptors were projected as the number five team and they were going to need someone to fall out. Now they're probably going to need two teams to fall out. I would say on overall talent, just because they have literally Kevin Durant, I would take the Nets roster over the Raptors for this season, not long term or anything like that. But, you know, I I would say talent wise, they're in the top five now and the Raptors get bumped down to number six in my view. But that doesn't mean that things don't happen in the regular season and that injuries take place or, you know, poor spells of play come in or whatever it might be. They're just going to need that from two teams now. And I I still think Miami is one of the more likely candidates to do that, right? Like, I I think everything you laid out there makes a lot of sense. Losing P.J. Tucker and not replacing him feels like trouble. I also think their defense is going to take a hit because they're going to have to play Tyler Hero more. And we've seen him defend. It's not good. Uh, You know, there's always the possibility, like you said, of, you know, a Kyle sort of, he comes out. Imagine like like a rippled like chiseled Kyle Lowry coming out, like not even skinny Kyle from 1516, but like a weird sinewy, like muscle freak. That would be fun. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think we're going to see that. I don't know if that's in his body composition at age 36. You know, there's always the possibility you get like a Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam at a bio trio kind of carrying you to 50 something wins. But like it bears like remembering that this heat team was not exactly like a runaway one seed in the East, right? They, they won like 53 games. It was a very clustered and crowded Eastern Conference. They weren't exactly a team where it's like, oh, well, yeah, they're, they're going to carry that over and just, you know, be the clear number one seed again next season. I, I could totally see them falling down to five or six. And, you know, that might just be because they're old and they need to not play so hard throughout the regular season and injuries catch up. And it just is a matter of, you know, kind of surviving the regular season before the playoffs, which are what really are going to matter for that team. Um, you know, home court is important, but, you know, I, I kind of feel like the most important thing for this Heat team is going to be surviving the year. So, yeah, I, I do think there's a world in which the Raptors finish ahead of Miami. I thought that was a very real possibility before the Nets situation. I still think that's the case. But the Nets are now this wrench that you throw into it. And it's like, oh, well, that you, maybe you're staring down the barrel of a Nets-Raptors 4-5 first round series in like your best case scenario, which wouldn't be terribly thrilling. Although maybe the Nets defense will be so bad that it doesn't matter. Um and we'll quickly, yeah, yeah. The one thing maybe we haven't touched on enough is the fact that Ben Simmons is coming back from back surgery, right? Is and he so, though? Like, is he playing? Do we know this? We don't know well, this. Yeah, I'll if, believe if you when I see it. Back, like, yeah. If he's coming back, he's coming back from back surgery, right? So, what mm-hmm. does that even look like? So, is he sure. even capable of being the player that he's been 
let alone yeah. the player that like needed to get better in certain yeah. areas of his game. So if he is coming back and if he's looked at as being one of those defensive linchpins, how reliable is he defensively now mm -hmm. after this back surgery? Right. And I thought, um, you know, Tim McMahon, Brian Windhorst, they had an interesting discussion on the Hoop Collective and Tim Bontemps as well um, about how it, it could go one of two ways. You could see uh, the guy who comes back from back surgery and looks like Dwight Howard post back surgery, yeah. or yeah. it could be, you know, Brooke Lopez, who has kind of found a way to, you know, redefine himself and be very effective. Yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating. Like, they're, they're going to be a team to watch for sure out of the gate to see kind of how things coalesce early on. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot on Ben Simmons' shoulders because, you know, we mentioned the need for them to have like a center. He might be that, even though he's never wanted to play that position in his entire career. Uh, and maybe we're just like running up against a brick wall with our heads for the 500th time in a row, asking if he can become a center. But he's going to have to play a lot of interior defense for this team. It's just the way they're constructed. And that's a lot to heap onto a guy who hasn't played for a year and a half. Uh, we're going to continue on here and we're going to dig into, I think, a sort of a bit of a post-mortem on the whole Kevin Durant watch for the Raptors themselves. Uh, what did we learn? You know, what, what, how did our sort of feelings on it change over time? Uh, we'll get to that in just a second before we talk about the back-end roster churn, which everybody loves to talk about and care about, for sure. Definitely me. Uh, we'll get to that in one sec. But first, we have a message for you from the NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's, wor what's the worst thing that can happen, right? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal. Deal, right well that's extremely wrong the truth is your reaction time slowed way down when you're high you not only put yourself in danger but you put everyone around you in danger as well talk about a buzzkill stop kidding yourself it's not okay to drive high if you've been using marijuana in any form do not get behind the wheel if you feel different you drive different drive high get a dui hi i'm jake from locked on there's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we continue on your first listen of the day here. Uh, you know, just sort of putting a bow on the Kevin Durant conversation that has been really the only topic of conversation the entire offseason. Thankfully, we've gotten through like two months of just like KD talk all the way. It's fantastic. We love it. So thank you, KD, for your request and making the offseason content planning a little easier. But I don't know. I I'm pretty happy it's over. I'm pretty happy it's behind us and uh, we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Um but you know, I, I do kind of think it's interesting to sort of look back at the Raptors' involvement in it all and sort of look back at what we learned and how our sort of feelings on the KD to Toronto thing kind of changed over time. 
you know, I don't think anyone came into this offseason thinking that KD or any superstar was going to be on the table for the Raptors. I thought it was going to be the most chill offseason you've ever seen. And basically, in actuality, in terms of actual roster moves, it kind of was. They brought an Otto Porter Jr. and some back-end roster guys, and that was about it. Uh, kind of what was billed going in, but obviously the KD thing hung over the entire offseason. And, you know, I'm curious, just sort of overall takeaways from the experience, things that, um, you know, you're going to sort of take away from it going forward with future star pursuits. And I guess sort of, do you think there's any lingering impact on the team from an offseason of sort of weird uncertainty, even though the Raptors never seemed like the main contender for KD? Uh, I'm just sort of curious your overall thoughts on the experience now that it is in the rear view. I think the biggest thing I took away is that the Raptors feel extremely good about their current core. And yeah. so they clearly drew a line in the sand of how far they were willing to go for Kevin Durant. Yeah. And they were like, hey, take it or leave it. This yeah. is what we're willing to do. If you don't like it, we like our team a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think uh, that was good to see. Um, and, you know, it sort of crystallizes a bit more what that superstar trade could potentially look at because, you know, in combination with the Kawhi trade, now you look at it, it's like, okay, that was obviously a home run. Um, mm. Very good reasons to do that deal. And <clears throat> the the front office was able to sort of separate what this situation is currently with mm. what that was now. And it's not like, oh, there's a superstar available. We got to go mm. get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. it wasn't as simple as that. Yeah, I think it's been proven 10 times over that the Kawhi situation is basically unique in NBA history and will probably never happen that way again. So using it as a comparison point for current Raptors trades or future Raptors trades is probably going to be pretty foolish. Um, you know, and I think I'm with you. I think the sort of overall takeaway from it all is that the Raptors are in a very good place from a lots of different perspectives, right? They have a guy in Scotty Barnes who can get them into any superstar trade conversation they want. Um, you know, if you're in the KD sweepstakes, you're in literally any other sweepstake. If some star comes along and says, I want out. If Giannis tomorrow says, I want out of Milwaukee, I'm sick of eating cheese curds. Uh, then, you know, the Raptors have a guy in Scotty Barnes who will be attractive as a potential return in that type of hypothetical pie-in-the-sky, not-going-to-happen trade. Um, They also are not under duress to do anything. And that's the sort of point you're making, right? It's like, you know, if, if a trade makes sense for us and we're, like, obviously winning it, then sure. But they're not in the position where they have to just go make a deal because they're desperate. They're not the New York Knicks staring down the barrel of having to give up eight first round picks to land Donovan Mitchell, who is like the 25th best player in the NBA. That's not where they're at. And that is a pretty enviable place to be. And I guess it just it's a nice affirmation that they're they're patient here, right? And they're not going to sort of, you know, speed through this building process. And you know, it does kind of open up some other questions, though, right? Like, do you think, how do you, how does your sort of view of the untouchability of guys, how, how has that changed for you over the last couple months? Like, are there guys on the team who maybe you viewed as untouchables who have morphed into maybe less so or uh, vice versa? Like, lots of different guys have had their names thrown around. Siakam, Barnes, OG, uh, you know, Trent seemed like Fred kind of avoided all of it. So good for him. But, uh, you know, where are you at in terms of like, the roster itself, 
Do we get any clues, do you think, as to how the Raptors view this core and maybe the guys who will absolutely be here long-term versus the guys that maybe you're a little bit less sure of? So I personally viewed uh, Scotty Barnes as an untouchable. And so I'm glad that the Raptors front office sees it that way as well. Mm -hmm. That was one thing that we were able to glean from this. We don't know what a potential like Pascal plus whatever for KD uh, deal looked like or if that offer was even made. Yeah. Right. But we do know that, hey, it it became very clear that Scotty Barnes was never involved in any discussions. We don't Mm -hmm. know about that about Pascal. Right. And so uh, what would have been included with Pascal to make it feasible? I'm not sure. Um, And then the other aspect that you weigh as an organization is, you know, potentially being viewed as this franchise that is, you know, just constantly going to give away those guys that they've sort of developed in-house. Sure, um, sure. And so uh, if there was a line in the sand in terms of what they were willing to include with Pascal for that, uh, you know, I assume there was because there's no deal made. <laughs> uh, but then that also comes down to the Nets' interest as well, right? In terms yeah, of yeah. what age group they were looking at in terms of taking players in. Uh, and whatnot and then you know maybe this is unrelated to kd but the one thing that maybe needs to play out and i'm sure there will be questions uh, asked at media day is uh where's og ananobi at yeah how is he feeling after this entire off season obviously this was a guy who was not only (laughs) in possible kd rumors he was in those portland rumors earlier on and then there was the stuff about him potentially being unhappy Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff is in there. So I'm sure there's going to be questions asked at media day and um, he will probably just have a one word answer for it and we will all have to move on. But Yeah, he'll just be like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think, yeah, the OG and Gary of it all, I think are really interesting coming out of this because, you know, things go a certain way this season and you know maybe they do kind of become a little bit more trade focused in terms of like their their long-term outlook with the team right like i think gary in particular seems like he was thrown into every deal that that's been tossed around this offseason and for a good reason he's on a good contract and he's young and he's intriguing and all that but also he's got an option at the end of the season that he's probably going to opt out of and become a free agent and i i think you know, Kevin Durant obviously is one thing, but I think had any sort of big trade been around for the Raptors to go and pounce on this year, like Gary would have been probably one of the first guys they throw up on the table. And, you know, that's just because he's probably the sixth most important guy to the core that they have right now. And that's just how it works. But like, let me ask you this question. Do you think Gary Trent Jr. is on the opening day roster next season, like for 2023-24? If I had to guess right now, I would say yes. Okay. Okay. The reason I say this is because if you look at the history of players, the Raptors um, have traded. Mm -hmm. Usually they're at a point where they've realized sort of max value. Mm -hmm. And the Raptors are able to reap whatever 
they can from it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think of Norman Powell. I think of uh, DeMar Rosen. I think of Terrence Ross. You know, those are players where it was like, okay, this is what they can kind of be at their best. And so I think with Gary Trent Jr., there's still, because he's so young, there's still a ways to go in terms of what he can be as a player. And mm-hmm. so I would not be surprised to see him get an extension. I guess my counter to that is that maybe part of his value right now is tied to the fact that he makes 18 million bucks a year or whatever it is. And his next contract is going to be more than that, whether it's 25, I don't know, but like maybe there's an argument to be made that even if he is like this or a slightly better version of the player he is right now on a contract that pays him eight million more dollars a year, maybe that ends up being that this is the peak that the like right now is the peak value he's going to give to the team in relation to the contract. And I, I think I'm maybe coming more around of the idea, and this is sort of tied to the Nets thing too. The Nets moving in, there being five heavy hitters in the Eastern Conference as opposed to four. I do wonder if maybe we get to the deadline and the Raptors we're, we're, are we're getting Philly and all this, by the way. Yeah, no, they're in the, I think they're like the third best team. They're going to be really good. Uh, I, like, I think they're going to be fantastic. Like, I don't think they're at risk of dropping out minus like an Embiid injury. They're just going to be awesome. And I hate it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, like if the Raptors, you, know, you get to the deadline and maybe they're like seventh or eighth, they're kind of floating around the play in conversation. I could definitely see, sort of a Norm Powell trade 2.0 with Gary Trent Jr., where he's a pending free agent. They look to move him for a guy they can kick the can down the road with a little bit. Um, You know, you can only run that back so many times and find, like, for, like, replacements for your, you know, high-volume shooting guards. But I do wonder if maybe that's in the cards here with Trent. He kind of, to me, especially if OG is going to sort of be given a chance to have more of a role within the offense, which it sounds like from what Nick Nurse has said in various interviews and, you know, just the way the team construction is going forward, the importance of OG to the team and trying to keep him happy. Maybe that takes place and that sort of cuts into Trent's share a little bit. I could see a world in which you get to the deadline, the Raptors aren't looking like a serious contender to make a surprise conference finals run or anything. And Trent becomes the guy they move just to sort of keep the flexibility going forward as opposed to locking into the group. And hey, maybe it's the other way around. And Trent's an amazing this season and adds playmaking to his repertoire. And you can actually get to the rim uh, <laughs> more than once every 100 possessions or whatever it is. But I, 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 I am a little bit more dubious, I think, after this offseason. And it maybe it's not even really anything that Trent did. I think it's just kind of reading the tea leaves of what's coming up in terms of money that's going out that I, I don't know if Trent's going to be on the team. I would probably bet no on the 2023-24 opening day roster having Gary Trent Jr. on it. That wasn't really what we planned on talking about coming into today, but I think it's interesting. Any last thoughts there before we move on to some roster churn? So I'll give you uh, my counter to your sure. counter. And yeah. for me, from the front office perspective, if they were to extend Gary Trent Jr., mm-hmm. they would, in effect... Obviously, you know, there, there's going to be tax ramifications and all of that. Mm-hmm. But with the cap spike that's expected in 2025, mm-hmm. you, I think you would be asking ownership to eat that for a year. Sure. And sure. I don't think that's asking too much yeah. in terms of what that could mean, in terms of realizing Gary's potential. Uh, again, continuing to further along his progression to a point where you are able to recoup um, max value. I think there mm-hmm. is more to be had with him. Uh, and so I think 
that's that cap spike that's projected for 2025 is significant in that regard where his if his next contract goes to 25 mil Mm -hmm. 25 mil won't look that bad two years from now that's true it's very true yeah it'll look pretty average in fact (laughs) yeah and you would hope that uh mlse is all right eating the money considering the proven cash cow that a good raptors team is um I guess like, the Fred thing is also kind of tied into that as well. Like, what does his next contract yeah. look like? How does it all sort of piece together? Fascinating stuff. This is going to be a really interesting year for the Raptors, both on and off the floor, I think. Uh, we're going to continue on on the other side. We're going to dig into the back-end roster churn, baby. Gabe Brown, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, Sfima Hiluk? Sorry, buddy. Bye-bye. We hardly knew Sfi. Uh, we'll get to that in just one second. But first, just a reminder, you can go to check out Locked on NBA every single day on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube, they're digging in five days a week to the latest goings-on across the league. Lots of KD talk and uh, surely plenty of preview of the upcoming season worked in there as well. So go check out Locked at NBA wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Big V, let's uh, round this out and dig into the back-end roster churn. Of course, the the, the famous roster spots 18 through 20, which everyone is very interested in. I could not be less interested in this. But there's some interesting names kind of bandied about. Svima Hiluk, no longer a member of the Toronto Raptors. Quickly, 30 seconds, give your eulogy for Svi's time with the Toronto Raptors. What will you remember Svima Hiluk for? Preseason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, he looked so good last preseason, it was ridiculous. I was like, this is the seventh man. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that game in Indiana, I believe, where... Mm-hmm. He came in and gave you a couple threes and played pretty well. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. if he can do that the rest of the season, that's going to be um, something different that the Raptors don't have on their roster. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. Um, it is what it is. I, I don't think he's a, a proven uh, three-point sniper in the NBA. I think if you look at his numbers, the way they've broken down, uh, you know, I'm a big in terms of being a proven a legit three-point shooter. It's the above break, above the break numbers for me. Yeah, not so much the corner numbers. And if you look at his above the break numbers in his time in the NBA, they haven't really been up there to be regarded uh, with the reputation that he seems to have. He's had uh, one chunk of one season where he shot well from three with Detroit. Yeah. That's it. Like he's been a bad shooter for most of his career. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I, I don't think he deserves the reputation that he has. Um, and, you know, that that's what played out last season. And the, that's why he's getting cut now. But from a beyond basketball perspective, he's representing Ukraine right now. Uh, yeah. And I hope that, you know, he's able to find some sort of escape through basketball. Because uh, obviously that country is going through hell. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. That was always sort of the the difficult thing in trying to like uh, you know pick apart Svee's game last year. Is oh, well, there's far more important things surely going on for Svee than uh, the basketball season at hand. And um, you yeah, certainly hope that he's able to sort of land somewhere else. Never had a problem with Svee. He never sort of agitated or got like upset at a lack of role or anything like that. He seemed like a good yeah. sort of. He went down to the G League voluntarily one mm-hmm. game. Like you know, he seemed like a a pretty sort of happy camper. That's another thing the, I'll remember. Yeah. The G like League 40 in the G League game, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, the, the, the Stanley Johnson Memorial one game Raptors going down, kicking ass in the G League game. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, tough stuff for speed, but not terribly surprising. I would say that he is uh, not going to be on the team this coming season. Maybe a little bit because he had a guaranteed deal, but they gave a guaranteed deal to Juancho Hernan Gomez too, and it seemed like they were destined to have to cut one guy on a guaranteed deal and eat the money for that. They might have to cut two. That leaves us now, Big V, there's 19 roster spots filled, 20 going into camp, uh, so there's one empty one to fill. I guess I missed this while I was on vacation. Something about Scotty Barnes referring to Jarrett Culver as like a future Raptor or something. I don't... Maybe... Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look, Jared Culver, I'm sure, is a very nice guy. He's not going to make the Toronto Raptors this coming season, nor are most of the players who are going to be in this back end, you know, battle for a spot. Um, you know, there's, I, I guess, Jalen Harris. Everyone's still very excited about Jalen Harris, the guy who averaged more turnovers than assists and shot 29% from three in the CEBL uh, while not being the best player on his own team. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's do Jalen Harris, too. Uh, like, the way he got booted from the league sucked. It was terrible, very unfair, uh, but he's just not an NBA player, I don't think, and that's fine. Um, but either way, do you kind of view the roster battle going into camp as kind of boring uh, and, and, like, almost sort of solidified in a way i know that justin champagne and delano banton get thrown into oh there's six guys fighting for three spots conversation because they're not on guaranteed deals i'd be flabbergasted if champagne and banton don't make this team considering what they invested in them in the g league last year like they're gonna be on the team i I, i'd be totally blown away if they're not which leaves the raptors with one roster spot on the main 15-man crew, of course, Doughton and Ron Harper Jr. are the two-way guys as of right now. Uh, and those will be battled out, be, you know, for between Gabe Brown, who they just brought in. Uh, of course, DJ Wilson, Juancho Hernan Gomez. That's kind of the trio. And then whoever they bring in as the, the 20th guy. Um, do you have a terribly strong opinion on who you think will make that final spot? It bears remembering this is the off season. We're talking about the 15th roster spot. We will not be talking <laughs> about the 15th roster spot in season. Nobody plays in a 15th roster spot. It's garbage time. It's all it is. So this is not really all that relevant to the successes of the Raptors this coming season. Of course, you want to take flyers on guys who can maybe become more, but what, do you have sort of a, a favorite in the race to be the 15th man on this year's Toronto Raptors among the crew that's currently on its way to camp? If I had to pick a favorite, I would pick TJ Wilson just okay. because of uh, the time that he's already spent with the organization. The fact that even after he got injured, they maintained ties with him and kept that level of interest and then brought him mm-hmm. back for summer league. So there is obviously uh, an interest in what he brings to the team and the way he fits in. Uh, the camp battle, I do expect that to be intense between him and uh Bo Cruz I think that 
Juancho is going to have to obviously have an amazing camp. I think that's mm-hmm. the challenge uh, to Juancho. It's like, hey, can you absolutely blow this thing out of the water where we're like, oh, we got to change our mind. I think mm-hmm. that will probably be the mindset going into camp. And if he can do it, you know, get that hashtag bow challenge going. <laughs> um, I, I think it would be a fun time. But, you know, we'll see what Stanley Sugarman's influence is. I think I'm rooting for Bo not to make the team. I keep calling him Bo. His name's Wancho. I keep rooting him for, for him not to make the team because the jokes are going to be terrible all season long. People have already run out of Bo Cruz jokes to make, and he hasn't even suited up for the team yet. Uh, so nothing against Wancho. I thought he was fantastic in Hustle, but I, I don't think I can do the Bo Cruz circus all year long. Um, I am growing ever more intrigued by Gabe Brown as the 15th guy. Six seven wing shot near forty percent from three at school, like major conference team. I don't know. I, I, I color me intrigued. I, you know, he was like there playing at the Rico Hines runs and stuff too, which I guess every Toronto Raptor in existence was. So good for them. Um, he seems like the kind. He seems very Raptorsy, you know, like a six seven wing dude. That 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 yeah, that that checks out. Wilson, I just I'm less sure on Wilson than I think most people are, just because he like there's a lot of positional overlap for him, right? Like when is he ever going to play? And when is that off the Raptors? (laughs) That's true. Um, But like, they already don't really have centers that they like, they don't really run out traditional centers and precious. A is going to play a lot of minutes. I would assume Ken Birch is going to be the go-to backup. Chris Boucher is going to play a lot at the five. I would guess that young is going to play a lot at the five. I would best, I would guess Pascal and Scotty will play a lot at the five. And I don't think DJ Wilson is anything but a five. He doesn't really have that positional versatility that some of these other guys do where you can throw him out in a lineup and say, yeah, DJ Wilson's the shooting guard. Sure. That's just not going to work. So I'm a little bit worried about him just kind of not having a niche to fill on this team. Whereas a guy like Gabe Brown, you can slide him between the two and the four, probably. Um, You know, even Wancho, you can kind of slide between a couple of spots, even though I don't think he can really defend anything but the five. Um, And even then, you're asking Wancho Hernan Gomez to play five, which, I don't know, something's gone horribly wrong if that's the case. So just, I think because they are so crowded in that sort of four-five area of the roster, I kind of might give the edge to Gabe Brown right now. And again, they'll he'll play three games uh, in average nine minutes uh, or whatever. <laughs> That'll be it. But um, yeah, any last parting shots here on the end of the roster? Anyone you'd like to see the Raptors go target to, as that last camp invite to blow this whole thing open and change the race for the fifteenth spot altogether? No, I mean, I'd be I, I'd be fine with them just going in as is. Yeah. Uh, don't know that they necessarily need to add one to the mix if I, you know this is an organization that dots its eyes and crosses its t's so if they have mm-hmm. a chance to look at a player they'll probably do it and you know the at the very least you build some kind of relationship with someone who yeah. could potentially figure in down the line or 905 who knows what the deal might sure. be right? so uh yeah i think we have a pretty good idea of what the 14 is going to be uh, as you said that 15th spot is not going to be <laughs> make or break for the Raptors. Um, <laughs> and frankly, while they, in, while, while they will be in BC, I will be in India. So <laughs> they yeah. can go ahead and figure it out. 
Look, man, I, I don't think you're going to be missing out on much of a camp battle this year. You know, it's not who's going to start between Pascal and OG next to Kawhi. Like, that was a cool camp battle. <laughs> not so much going on this year. But we'll keep you posted all throughout anyway and still uh, conjure up takes because that's what we do here, baby. We are part of the take industrial complex, and we are going to bring you the, those takes as much as we can. Um, a couple more weeks that we'll be down at three a week, and then we'll move back to five a week very, very shortly as we get closer to camp. So you have that to look forward to. Uh, we have two more episodes to go this week as well, as we're going to drop a mailbag, uh, I think, probably tomorrow. So get your questions in. Uh, you can submit questions in the comments below if you're still watching the video at this point on YouTube, or I'll put out the call on Twitter a little bit later on today, and you can uh, drop your questions in there. And uh, that will do it. Anything you'd like to promote right now, Big V, before we get out of here? Usual stuff. Raptors.com, Complex Canada, uh, CBC Sports. And so I did write about Christian Coloco. Uh, that story went up yesterday. They uh, signed him that. finally. The yeah, pandemonium exactly. can end. Oh, my goodness. What are they going to do? Why haven't they signed Christian Coloco? Oh, my God. Ooh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So that story has just been sitting in the drafts for yeah. a month <laughs> and it's out now. So you can read it probably Excellent. reads a, a bit dated, but <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Referencing news events from July, which God, I couldn't <laughs> even tell you. Uh, we're going to wrap it there. Thank you very much to big V for hopping on as always. Uh, thank you for listening and making us your first listen of the day. Please go subscribe, follow rate and review on your favorite podcast apps or on YouTube. It's much appreciated when you do that. Uh, and go make your second listen of the day. Locked on blue Jays as the weekend was not so good against the angels, but they did pick up a nice win last night in extra innings over the Cubs. Danny Jansen coming through, go listen to Ben and Matt over on locked on blue Jays as they take you through the season as the stretch drive is very, very much upon us, and it's stressing me out very, very deeply. Uh, we'll wrap it there. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you Wednesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.